This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And today is our monthly series called Closing Time with Chris Linsell from The Close. Now, this is a partnership between Keeping It Real and TheClose.com, our favorite uh, marketing and you know website and informational website for agents to learn how to further their business. But let's tell you a little bit more about The Close. TheClose.com is the kind of real estate website designed to give agents, teams, and brokerages actionable strategic insight from industry professionals. They cover real estate marketing, lead generation, technology, and team building strategies from the perspective of working agents and brokers who want to take their business to the next level. Please visit theclose.com, that's T-H-E-C-L-O-S-E.com, and subscribe to their newsletter so you can get notified every time they publish an article. With us, as always, is Chris Linsell. He is a staff writer and real estate coach for The Close. Uh, Chris is The Close's resident expert on real estate topics ranging from marketing, lead gen, transactional best practices, and everything in between. He's a licensed agent in the state of Michigan. Chris has been part of hundreds of transactions from modest rural starter homes to massive waterside compounds. When he isn't writing for the clothes, you'll find Chris fly fishing or performing on the stage of his community's theaters production. Um, Chris, welcome once again to Keeping It Real. We're excited to have you. DJ, it's wonderful to be back. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. I stumbled a bit at the end because as soon as I was reading about community theater, I thought, I wanted to ask you if you are, if any of the, uh, the, the, per, the, the troops that, that you might work with are, are back to doing in person, or if you're working on any, any new plays or, uh, just curious about, about your acting. Yeah, nothing, nothing at the moment. Um, I, um, uh, have at the, at the moment I have, uh, a six-year-old and a three-year-old and abandoning, uh, my wife, uh, for four nights a week for rehearsal schedules, um, with, uh, two, uh, absolutely adorable, um, firecracker. Don't listen to anybody children right now, I think would get me uh, a tent in the front yard. So yeah. I'm gonna, uh, I, at the moment, I don't have anything on the docket, but I did just sing, uh, the national anthem at my local, uh, minor league baseball game, uh, minor <laughs> league baseball teams game. So, uh, that wow, was, was that, that was a moment is- of performance. Was that your the first time performing the the national anthem? Or I've actually done, done it once before, uh, but this was definitely um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I've done it once before. This was definitely a thrill and definitely a bucket list item for me. So uh, tons of fun. Good to be back with a microphone in my hand uh, and singing a little bit. Uh, baseball's back, baby. I was having a good time. 
Let me, let me ask you because uh, I have I've played in, in bands. I, I'm not uh, mm-hmm. at, at best. I'm I'm you know a, a harmony vocal person, and, and that's that's being generous. But um, but I've always am, uh, admire uh, singers, um, and, and and in bands that I've been in, in the past, I've never been able to really be be the front man uh, and sing uh, much other than the backup stuff. But I am curious for you as obviously an accomplished singer. Um, how scary is it to get out there? Is it scary or is it, uh, are you able to mitigate that, that stress? I'm just curious. Cause to me, that would, that would be very scary because it's, it's such a precise song. Um, so I'm curious on, uh, and then hitting the high note at the end, uh, also seems to be terrifying, but I'm curious, was, was it, I know this wasn't your first time, but was it as scary as the first time or, or are you did no big deal to you or? You know, it's it's certainly not a no big deal scenario because <laughs> I mean it's a it's a I mean for anyone who is out listening outside of the United States, um, the national anthem at a baseball game is kind of an institution. I mean, it big is deal. something that everybody uh, you know everybody stands up for. It is a big deal. Everyone's quiet. It's a whole stadium full of people quiet listening to one person and so that, that you know that's a that's a big deal and and i give that the weight and uh measure that it deserves personally i don't really get nervous about that sort of thing i never really have uh because i've got a, a relatively diverse performance background and that's a situation i'm used to i have learned how to channel those nervous uh, that nervous energy into um performance and and uh use that to to better uh, what I'm doing. Um, and so it doesn't really bother me, uh, as far as nerves or, uh, you know, is it a scary thing, but I will tell you this, I will say, uh, there, if you are in front of people and your heart rate is beating as if nothing is happening, then I, I honestly feel bad for you because you're missing an opportunity to experience something, something, some new energy, some new, uh, some, some, uh, a new dimension of, of the experience itself. And so you, your heart should be beating a little bit faster. You should have a little bit more awareness of what's going on around you. Um, so I definitely feel that. I mean, I, I feel my energy and my adrenaline is up, but doesn't, doesn't scare me. You know, I get, honestly, if I get nervous, it's usually, uh, in a one-to-one scenario when I don't know what to say, that's where I feel the most nervous, frankly. Wow. Well, congratulations. I think a lot of us, a lot of us listening, probably just hearing the, uh, the, the experience you just had of going out there probably felt our heart beating a bit more (laughs) because it it falls into that public speaking, but, but even a more, um, nuanced version of public speaking, of course, with a different skill set that most people are terrified of doing, uh, singing in front of an audience is, is probably even more terrifying. I know it would be for me. Um, but it's, I I was uh, just a good reminder to do scary things that are healthy, uh, you know, stretch. Um, and if you have a copy of, of that performance, uh, we will definitely (laughs) put, put a link to it on, uh, on the notes of this, uh, of this, um, episode so that our audience can, can, uh, can see, uh, see you, uh, perform it at, at I, that baseball game. i'll have to i'll have to take a look on that that i'm not sure of but I'll, I'll have to take a look you know, uh before i move on jerry seinfeld has an old bit where he talks about what people are afraid of and he said there are statistically more people are afraid of public speaking 
than they are of dying, which means that if you're at a funeral, you would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. <laughs> it's a good, that's a, that's a good, that's a very good point. Yeah. Oh boy. That's great. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, moving on to real estate topics, yeah, talk. I know you had a couple of, mm-hmm. of things you wanted to, to discuss today. First, uh, if I remember correctly, was about well, we we could talk about software. I know the software was yeah. a topic, and then also working with buyers. Like, what are let's, we doing with buyers? Yeah, let's let's just do let's just take a couple of minutes and do a quick tech check in. Okay, Great. maybe this maybe this can be a, a part of our like a subsection of our of our episode together. The the, the tech check in here. Great. So I am you know recently I've been doing some um some research. I've been writing some review content about some uh real estate uh, platforms, some, some software and services that are attempting to do something that is a little bit different. And, and that is, they're trying to become these all-in-one places. Mm. They're trying to bundle different services that real estate agents and teams and brokers use into one platform, one interface, um, and provide you with essentially a solution for multiple needs um, instead of having, uh, you know, kind of chopping up your your needs across different specialized tools, and I'll give you an example. Um, a while back, I, I wrote a review uh, for a product called Property Base. We were talking about this earlier. Yep. Property Base. They are a CRM. They offer a website. They uh, happen to own uh, the lead generation company Bold Leads, so they yep. have a lead gen. They have uh, back office uh, transaction management. They have a lot of different things that a real estate agent um, who's full-time and busy, often you know, leading their, their market, a lot of things that they need. Um, but then the question becomes, what is better for agents? Is it better to use one of these all-in-one platforms that does everything pretty well? I mean, I'm not, and I'm not calling out uh, property based specifically here. I actually really like their platform. Um, but you know, when you have these all in ones, often you can't, you can't do everything on your dashboard at like the highest level possible. You have to sacrifice performance in certain areas in order to bring your overall median performance up. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of begs the question, do I want six really specialized, high-performing tools that I have to use individually and figure out myself how to get them to work together? Or do I want a platform that gives me all six of those tools in one place that's a lot more convenient, but potentially not as high-performing and potentially uh, without the same sort of innovation that you would get if you were working tool by individually? Tool? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I'm the per- I'm I'm probably not the best person to ask simply because I'm in charge of all of our technology at, at mm-hmm. our firm and selecting the technology and and understanding, you know, I'm also the guy that runs our server and, mm-hmm. and builds websites. And so for me, uh, in in my daily activities, which are different from a from a traditional realtor, um, I have m- many systems that mm-hmm. that I use. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's complicated, it's annoying, uh, and I wish there was an all in one solution. But to your point, it is difficult to find an all in one solution that performs at the highest levels yeah. across all categories. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, if I could find a solution that did 
you know, 75% of what I needed. And it was an all-in-one solution. That would be very interesting to me because what I worry about with individual software providers Mm -hmm. is this, I have found it. And again, I'm speaking extreme generality here. There's always, uh, you know, I'm in no way an expert in, mm-hmm. in the tech space mm-hmm. other than that. I've just explored a lot of these options. What, what I worry about with these individual, you know, niche sort of companies is, are there enough subscribers to their service where they're going to continue to innovate? Um, I I've been seeing a lot of tech companies like property base, um, acquire other firms. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing that chime you were mentioning, uh, you know, is, is, is done some of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's other sort of all in one providers that, that we don't need to list all of them, but, but the, I, I put a little bit more faith because I used to work at a tech company kind of similarly mm-hmm. in a different space. Mm-hmm. And I know that the more resources you have, the more cool innovation you can usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so long answer to your question, but I tend I want to like the small guys because they can do one thing exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. I worry about the small guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm more, in, you know, sort of wanting to. And so, what, when we decided for our agents, we chose an all-in-one platform that we would be providing. Yeah. That being said, we understand most of our agents probably don't even use our pla- the platform we selected. Mm-hmm. Not because it isn't good, just because they probably don't use any platform, quite honestly, or they have another solution that they've they've found. But for an average agent who is focused on growing their real estate business, isn't necessarily a super tech savvy person, I would say an all-in-one solution is probably just the easiest way to go and will yeah. likely do most things. I'll, I'll say one other uh, idea. If you're listening to this and thinking, I'm not a tech person at all, I, I don't, uh, you know, I still work off of a Google sheet, um, you know, and, and just put all of my my, my, you know, put them in a spreadsheet, put all my CRM information. And I, whatever works for you is fine. Right. We, I don't, I don't want to suggest, I know top producers who work that way. They don't have any automated systems or impressive software solutions. They just work, you know, in whatever system that they've developed for themselves. Mm -hmm. That being said, um, the other thing that you can think about is if you're just somebody that you don't really understand that stuff, there are virtual assistants that you can hire yeah. that will understand all of this yeah. um, and help you manage and monitor it for uh, uh, maybe a lot less money than you might think. Yep. So I, I, there, I don't have a, a, a really comprehensive answer other than mm-hmm. um, don't worry about it if it isn't your strong suit, because yep. an all-in-one solution would probably appeal to you. Um, but also, even if that's too much for you to sort of wrap your mind around on a daily basis, you can have somebody working, even if it's just a couple hours a day mm-hmm. on your CRM. Yep. Um, so anyway, sorry, long answer. Yeah. What do you, what do you no, think? Well, I, I totally agree with you. And I think just the last thing I'll say about this is if an all-in-one solution sounds like something that you'd be excited about, if that sounds like simplifying your your real estate workflow, as I say, uh, is something that's going to benefit your business. Um, there's a couple of, of uh, providers to check out. Um, Let's Chime, go, please. Chime is definitely one of them. Chime offers a great real estate uh, CRM website, lead gen um, platform. Uh, they have optional transaction management, team management. Mm-hmm. They even have broker management if you want to work on the enterprise level. Um, property base, as we mentioned, they have that kind of trifecta with some, some additional transaction management, uh, capability, uh, certainly, 
um, Lone Wolf Technologies, which, sure. um, you know, a lot of people maybe have heard that name, but don't know what they do. They are uh, a tech company in the real estate space and they're um, kind of expanding via acquisition. They just purchased uh, Lion Desk not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, I might get some uh, guff on Twitter for saying this, but Zillow is becoming an all-in-one platform for a lot of they people. They are. The Zillow CRM actually has made some, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. The Zillow CRM has actually made some marked improvement over the last six months that has made me sit up and take a look at it again. Obviously, you can do lead gen there. Um, Zillow uh, offers uh, integration with loans, with um, a whole host of things. So, you know, if you are... Uh, not religiously opposed to Zillow, like I know some agents are, um, you know, that might be a, a platform that you might want to look into. Um, again, uh, find me on Twitter and tell me I'm wrong. I'm happy to hear hear everyone's opinion on that. Uh, but there are a lot of different uh, all-in-ones. This seems to be a trend in real estate technology and maybe Maybe it will, this this will pass us by. Maybe this is a fad, but I don't think so. I think we're we're moving towards consolidation uh, in a way that um, other non real estate tech companies have been doing for a long time. I mean, look at Google is not just a text based search engine. Google owns YouTube. Google owns a massive ad platform. Google owns. Uh, a ton of different things. Uh, Android is a Google product. Like these are all, you know, uh, companies attempts to bring more services under their umbrella. So it makes sense that real estate tech would follow that, that trend. Yeah. And I agree too. Um, there's so many different solutions, you know, that people are familiar with contactually is, is a really popular one, mm-hmm. uh, follow-up boss, mm-hmm. um, top producer, uh, there, there's, um, there, there's a lot. And, and what I would encourage anyone to do if you're in the market for some sort of software provider is two things, obviously schedule at least three demos, you know, from, from three separate providers. Um, but also salespeople are salespeople and and demos are usually with a salesperson. And of course they're going to highlight, you know, the thing, the features that, that they know Mm -hmm. get people to subscribe and make orders. Um, however, um, I recommend visiting forums online that are populated with realtors. Uh, the most obvious, uh, largest one that comes to mind is Lab Code Agents has a yep. Facebook uh, group that has over a hundred thousand realtors in it, which is absolutely incredible. And they would love that question. And in fact, mm-hmm. I'm sure that question gets asked almost every day on there. But you could join Lab Code Agents, a little plug for them, and um, and and start seeing what other agents in the field are, are using. And they'll and, and what's cool is um, you know, Reddit also, there's a realtor group on Reddit. Mm-hmm. There's there's lots of different places, you know, ask your colleagues, you know, people at networking events. Um, but it really um my philosophy around all of it is you know, just pick one at some point and, yeah. and put your, put yourself into it and realize that no software provider is, is really going to probably meet all of, all of your needs. Yeah. But boy, if you can get like 75% of your needs met with one provider, woo, think about how much uh, time you'd save. Outrageous. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thanks for that. That's, that's great. And maybe, maybe, maybe in the future, 
Um, we could even add a feature to the show where, where we highlight a tech provider, um, yeah. not, not necessarily here with Chris, although we certainly could do it with Chris, but if that's something that the listeners would like, um, you know, maybe we, we will, ha- we'll start featuring some of these tech companies. Um, so, and, and now let's talk about the, the thing that is probably most challenging to our listeners right now, which is working with buyers. Yeah, <laughs> um, we've, we've, We've been talking about this a lot on the podcast over the last, you know, six months or so with not just with Chris, but with most of our guests. And it is just the topic of discussion uh, with pretty much everyone, whether they're a top producer or even the agents in our office who are new and starting out. This is this is a tricky time. Um, So, Chris, let's let's uh, let's get into that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw out uh, throw out there a question, I guess, to to just get started. Um, When does your clients um, requests become unreasonable at what point does your client ask you to do more than what you're obligated to do is there a line in the sand what do you what do you think dj is there is there a place where we have to say like i that this is just a bridge too far i, I this i had recognize what you're asking but it just doesn't make any sense is there a line somewhere in the well, sands i think the most obvious line in the sand is a pre-approval letter so yep. totally. so i i just spoke to an agent uh this morning who had is not at our firm uh, was an agent we're looking to recruit who's pretty much new and she says i'm really struggling because i keep taking out i've taken out four buyers but none of them they end up not getting pre-approved and, mm-hmm. and to me, that sounds like a training issue, um, you know, from whatever firm she's currently at. Uh, so, so that, that, that's an obvious line in the sand that I think most of our listeners would say, well, of course you need, you need yeah. that. But beyond that, uh-huh. um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure so where the line is. I, I think you, I think you're right in the same camp as, as most people listening to this, uh, watching this on social um, there is no line in the sand that I know of other than, like you said, if somebody wants to see property that they're not pre-approved to purchase, that would be, uh, I think, a pretty clear line. If somebody um, wants to, uh, you know, uh, view property um, that is unavailable, like for instance, maybe there's a, maybe there's a home that's under contract that's going to close in three days. Um, and has said, you know, they're very, very, this, this wouldn't be a fit for them. And it doesn't make any sense. I think that there's some, some rationale behind that, but beside, beyond that buyer's agents kind of find themselves in a tough position because they often are working at the whims of their clients. And those whims don't always seem to make a lot of sense. And I'll give you an example. Right now, we are in, uh, obviously, a very competitive market when it comes to being a buyer. If you're a buyer's agent and you have a client who says, I'd like to see this house at 123 Main Street, and you call up the listing agent to 123 Main Street, say, I'd like to schedule a showing for this, and say, well, we've got 12 offers in already, and... Um, I can tell you without revealing, uh, all the details, I can tell you that, uh, it is very, very likely that this property will, um, an offer will be accepted significantly over asking price. Um, and you return to your buyer client, you say, here's, here's the information that I found out. And in your mind, you're thinking as the buyer's agent, you're thinking this makes no sense for us to see. 
This is not a house that we are likely to be able to make a competitive offer on. This is an hour out of my time that I could be spending doing something else. This is going to set my client back because they're going to come here. They're going to say like, oh, this is a great house. Let's make an offer. Even though you know that that offer is likely to be not only not accepted, but not even competitive. What do we say to these clients? What do we say as buyer's agents? Do we say, no, I'm not going to show you this. Can we do that? This is a this is a challenge I think a lot of buyers agents are facing right now. And especially with the accessibility to properties um where in the past the course the agent was I mean there's no really even need to say this anymore because it feels like so many years ago now but mm-hmm. now you know you're not the gatekeeper to finding out um what properties are on the market right anyone can mm-hmm. go to Zillow or Redfin or a million other websites to find out what's available and so I yeah. imagine we're talking about a scenario where a client might even find something on their own say this looks pretty great and maybe they don't know it's under contract or they see it and say, is there still a chance we could get it Mm -hmm. Um, and send that to you? I I almost think, and I know this isn't probably really a great answer, but I almost think it really, that conversation needs to happen before any properties are, are, are shown in person. Whereas I think there's an education session that could start at the beginning that says, you know, let me ex- sort of explain the process. Let's first give a state of the market. Here's here's mm-hmm. kind of what I've been seeing as an agent. Here's maybe some expectations to consider when we see a property, the sort mm-hmm. of speed to offer we need to keep in mind. We need to really be ready to make a decision as quick as possible. We mm-hmm. need to know exactly what you guys, uh, what's the top level, um, you know, sort of bid that you are willing to put on any property so mm-hmm. that I can kind of do my research, but also, um, here's what happens if you're if it's late at night and you're surfing Zillow and you find something that you really really like. There may be an op- there may be a time where I tell you I know you love that property and I want to show you that property, yeah. but here's why we might not want to go see it. Mm-hmm. I will show it to you if you absolutely want to, but I want to stress, you know. So I almost think all of those scenarios could. And again, maybe they'd be forgotten about right after that initial education sure. meeting. And th- two days later, the person's saying, I want to go see this thing that's going to close in two days. But <laughs> but I think it's, it gives you a better opportunity to not be blindsided and having to make that judgment call going, well, I don't want to let my client down, but this is really like not a good yeah. probably use of their time. Okay. Those are my thoughts. What are yours? <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And I think it's actually an easier, it's an easier call to make when you are able to look at the situation objectively and say, this is or is not going to advance my client's best interests, because that that to me makes makes the call easier. It doesn't yes. necessarily make the answer one that is as palatable, but if you can say to yourself, seeing this property or not seeing this property is going to be the better choice for my client's best interests, then that right there um, helps things. Unfortunately, we are in a world uh, where um, it may be that seeing or not seeing that property will affect your best interest or or your your bottom line in a way that um, uh, you know positively or negatively, which becomes a real challenge for real estate agents because you have these you have scenarios where somebody's like, well. I really like to see this house. I know that I have no chance of getting this, uh, but <laughs> right. I'm going to willing to accept all of that. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. take your Saturday 
so that we can go look at things that I have no chance of buying. And you have, um, you, you know, as, as realtors, we have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients, but we also have to uh, make sure that we are using our time in a way that's going to be ROI positive. You know, to, if you are a real estate agent and you take somebody to see a hundred different houses and they never write an offer, you are losing money every single showing because you could be spending that time somewhere else. Uh, and you ultimately have to make a decision on whether or not this is a client that is going to, um, you know, return uh, return the investment that you are making in them as well. And so, uh, though you, you know, we can't make these decisions based on those factors specifically, they are a part of the conversation and the kind of the thought process for a lot of real estate agents. Um, and I'll say I'll say this one thing that I've been talking to real estate agents about uh, a lot lately in this scenario is we have to think to ourselves um, not just about this transaction, but about the referrals that this person is going to make, and about the if this is a buyer client, about you know depending on what the typical turnover rate in your market is, a transaction that this person may or may not choose to do with you in five or seven or eight years. Um, because we, if we are not servicing the clients to the best of our abilities right now, the likelihood that they're going to call us to work with them again is much, much lower. So I'm encouraging real estate agents right now to think about the long run, to worry less about an hour or 90 minutes this Saturday, and think about making sure you're doing everything you possibly can so that when the chips are down, you can say, I've done everything I can to put you in a position to be successful. Because ultimately, that's our first priority. Our first priority isn't breakfast on Saturday. I love breakfast on Saturday. But if a client calls and this is the only time it can happen, this is the plan that we're, we're going to have to try and make. I, I yeah, I 100% agree that that those are those are great uh, suggestions, and and I feel the same way. Um, I, I'm thinking though, it is difficult to say no to a yeah. client, and and especially one that's excited to see a property that you feel is really just forget about even a waste of your time. It's just not going to happen for them mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. I think you know, a way to break that to them is to first meet them where they are uh, emotionally, which is to say, oh my gosh, I'm, I see how excited you are about this. Mm -hmm. I am excited as well. And not, I would want nothing more than to walk in and show you this property and hope that it's your dream home. And then we can put it off for an Here's why I really am strongly encouraging us not to go see this property. And it's not because I don't want you to go see it. I want you to go see it. But what I don't want to happen is you walk in and you fall in love with it. And then you absolutely, you know, we don't believe have a shot of getting it. Yeah. Um, that, that doesn't feel good because people fall in love with homes often maybe not necessarily at first sight, but within even a first walkthrough, people walk out and they go, that's the one. The, the other thing I wanted to, to mention, which is what you were mentioning at the very end, which is about thinking long-term. Mm -hmm. I think this is really important because I know that the the times I've purchased homes uh, and, and I've talked to other people who, who have purchased homes, there's always something in the home that once you move in and you, you close, you move in, you realize, oh, I missed that. 
Mm. Whatever it is, there's yeah. always something that you miss as the the inspector missed it, you know, the the realtor missed it, the attorney missed, there's always something. Maybe it's mm -hmm. a cosmetic issue, maybe it's a defect, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um and you always go I wish my realtor would have seen that. And even though we know as realtors, we can't find everything, but mm -hmm. I think you want to minimize the amount of those experiences uh, for the buyer after a sale. So, or after they purchase a property rather. So I, I think you really, really want to be careful um, and, and you don't want to just show homes that you think are not in their best interest. And I think you have to be willing to, very politely, but in an, an affirming way, tell mm -hmm. them why. Yeah, I th that that's a really that's a really important piece of advice. And um, you know, I would I I think I'm you know I try to put myself in the shoes of a client who is you know I'm really excited about a house I just found on Zillow. I call up my realtor and I say. I really want to see this. I think this is going to be the perfect house for me. This is this is the place I've been dreaming of. Um, if somebody, if my agent then turns around and says, it is a great place, I can see why you're excited about this. Here are the, here are the red flags that I see. And these mm -hmm. are the reasons why this um, house, though it looks great on paper and on the screen, might be one, you might want to reconsider how you're feeling about this. And here's why. If I get that message from my realtor, I'm disappointed for 20 minutes but I'm not, uh, I, I don't regret my decision, you know, 20 weeks or 20 years later. And that's really, as agents, that's our, that's our real responsibility. It's not to protect the feelings of somebody for the next 30 minutes, though we don't want to be rude, you know, but the protecting the feelings of our clients is not our mandate. Protecting the financial well-being of our clients is. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to, to speak your mind, to use your experience and to, to say like, listen, this, this isn't the right place for these reasons. And it's a heck of a lot easier to have that conversation. If the first thing you do when you, um, create a buyer client relationship with somebody is to sit down with them and say, what are your musts? What are your must nots? What are the things that make or break your next property purchase? That's great just from a property search perspective, but when it comes time to have these conversations, mm -hmm. if you've already had that check-in convo early in your relationship, you can pull up your notes from that and say, listen, this is what you told me. Here's the, here's the, the things in this property that, that go counter to what you told me. We need to have a conversation about this before we move forward. The, the, that makes that conversation a heck of a lot easier. And, and just to tag on to that, if you aren't using a buyer intake process, uh, a customer intake process, where you're capturing those answers to those questions of musts, likes to have, um, you know, and, and, and various things, if you're not, if you're just, and again, everybody does it differently, and I'm not here to criticize anybody's process, but mm -hmm. if you are finding yourself in scenarios where your buyer's expectations over time are, are not in alignment with your expectations about what, how they should be thinking about buying. That's probably a process issue for you and, and an easily solvable one. You can start finding, um, you know, there's gosh, I'm, I'm, you guys, I'm sure at the close, you might even have um, buyer sort of intake form questionnaires that you may recommend, or, or certainly they're easily findable online. But if you're not using some sort of process, where as Chris said, you 
you know, you can t- capture that information up front. And then when emotions kind of take over down the road, somebody gets really excited about something and you have to share some news that you think might, you know, disappoint them. You can say the red flags are, are these based on some of the things also that you mentioned that you wanted or didn't want. Yeah, totally. Um, I am just looking right now, uh, just so I can say it on, um, <laughs> put you on the spot with the, the, yeah, the yeah. A questionnaire. We, we I apologize do. for that. No, it's okay. We definitely I figured do you have did. this. Um, yeah, we have, uh, exactly. We have, uh, an article and I'll, I'll send it to DJ so he can link it in the, in the yes, show notes here. I will. Um, we have an article, um, all about, uh, the, the must do's, um, for buyer agents, especially when it comes to intake and it's four must have real estate buyer agent checklists. It's Love your it. mortgage pre-approval. It's successful house hunting. It's open house attendance. It's contract to close. It's everything that you're going to need about this. So, um, I will send that to DJ so he can include this here. You know, the bottom line here, guys, is that as buyers agents, our responsibility is not to just push a contract forward through the process. It's not to just get a number from our clients, put it on a piece of paper, hand that to the seller's agent. Um, it's not to be a mouthpiece. Our, 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 the bottom line here is that as buyers agents, if we're not actively advocating for our buyer's best interest, and sometimes that means advocating back to them to say, listen, this isn't what you want. This isn't going to serve your needs in the long run. Then you're not doing your job. And the, the fact of the matter is when we're in such a competitive climate as we are right now, buyers are desperate. They want to see anything because they have written 12 offers and none of them have been accepted. And they're like, oh, well, I'm going to have to re-sign my lease on my apartment pretty soon. I'm just going to start looking at stuff that doesn't fit my needs because I need a roof over my head. And it's your job as a buyer's agent to say, you are better to go month to month on your apartment for the next two months if you have to, than to buy a house that you're going to regret in six months from now. I'm, I'm always, I always love when I'm um, in a scenario talking to a salesperson, uh, you know, or somebody who is, is only really going to directly benefit if I purchase their product or service. I cannot tell you how much I love it when somebody says, I can sell this to you, but you're going to end up hating me down the road because this really isn't going to meet your Mm -hmm. needs. Um, I am so impressed with people that are willing to forego a a, a quicker sale for a long-term relationship. And I have to assume most most home buyers feel the same way. So sometimes you're going to have to explain why it's not in their best interest. But I think if you tag it with, you know, what, here's what I don't want to happen. Um, and here's what you probably don't want to happen. And I want to make sure, you know, and if they say, I understand all of that, I want to go see it. Well, then you have a decision to make whether you're yeah. willing to, to do that or not. Yeah. Um, and, and, and maybe in that scenario, maybe it makes sense. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, everyone can de- determine that for themselves, but, but yeah, I, I think, um, the more education you can do ahead of time and running over every possible scenario that's that's relevant to their mm-hmm. situation to say, okay, here's what might happen. You fall in love with a home, we put an offer in and then 10 more off, you know, explaining just what might go wrong mm-hmm. and what might go right mm-hmm. um, so that the expectations are there, um, I think is, is the key uh, to 
making sure your time is not is not overused um, by the client. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, it's it's a balancing act. It, it is, and 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 we would love to hear your thoughts about this as well because yeah. I'm not a practicing agent. I mean, we have I have eight almost eight hundred of them here in my office, which sounds like I probably know uh, a lot. But the truth is, is that most of agents uh, our agents aren't talking uh, that much about it. So I would love to hear your thoughts, and Chris, I'm sure would as well. So please. Um, send us, send us your, your, your thoughts about this. And, you know, if you have a, a really specific take or something that works well for you, you know, we might even feature it here on the, the podcast. So um, you can always, you know, send us a contact us through our website or, or through Facebook or through Chris directly at the close itself. And, and Chris, we should real quickly, as, as we're wrapping up, um, let's talk about the close pro doc, uh, the, sorry, the close pro, which is your uh, subscription model for mm-hmm. the close, which is a free website with unbelievable free content, but there's also a premium service. Do you mind sharing just a, a little bit about that? 100%. Here's 30 seconds on the Close Pro. The Close Pro is the um, premium option from the Close that offers uh, anyone who wants it uh, a chance to get uh, more uh, and more in depth uh, content uh, similar to what you find on the Close.com. Go to the Close.com. 99% of what we've got there is totally free. Um, we want you to use it. Come download all the uh, templates of the strategy guides, best practices. We publish there almost seven days a week now. Come check out wow. what we got. If you want uh, to take it to the next level and get access to courses, to um, to insider strategy guides from top producers across the country. Uh, we have the Close Pro. It's thirty five bucks a month or two hundred ninety nine dollars a year. As a part of this, you get uh, multiple uh, boot camps. You get video training courses. You get over fifty downloadable resources, and we're adding to that every single uh, week. Uh, and you get uh, access to small group coaching. And so if you've got specific questions that you want answered uh, that you're not finding the answers to on theclose.com, I'd be surprised by that because we have a lot of stuff on there. Um, but if there's stuff that you want specific personalized answers to, come join the Close Pro. We've got a ton of different uh, resources uh, and um uh, not just, you know, it, not just templates, but, but long form strategy guides. I just finished a strategy guide all about real estate farming for the close pro. That's literally 60 pages long. So if you wow. want to go deep into farming, I mean, I talk about postcard cadence. I talk about selecting the right neighborhood based on turnover and absorption rates. I talk about getting into the nitty gritty operations, like down three, four, five, six decimal points. If you want to get that specific about your exploration of real estate marketing strategy and insight, come join the Close Pro. I got all sorts of cool stuff there. Wow. Well, we love the clothes and the clothes pro. Everyone should check it out, get hooked on their content, subscribe uh, to their premium service if that fits your needs. And they're about the the only, um, you know, sort of platform out there that we've found uh, that specifically really focuses all of their attention on helping you grow your business um, if, if, from a journalistic perspective. It's it's really very, very cool. Um, we're so honored to, to have uh, Chris on the show every month. Chris, thank you once again. And Chris, we should mention, we'll be speaking at uh, the National Association of Realtors. And then you also have other speaking engagements. Um, but Chris will be in San Diego this November for NAR. I will be there. Chris will be there as well. But Chris, do you mind, uh, you want to plug some of your other appearances? Yeah, you know, if you're going to be on the 
East Coast uh, in December. Come on over to Triple Play in Atlantic City. Uh, you know, if you're in Atlantic City, New York, or um, uh, excuse me, if you're in Pennsylvania, New York, or New Jersey, this is a, a big event. Uh, I'm really excited to be presenting there. I'm actually going to be presenting uh, a couple of different um, times there. One of them is going to be for CE credits. So if you need continuing education, come get it with me. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to help you out there. Um, there's a few other things that are going to be coming to the calendar that I can't talk about just yet. But uh, yeah, West Coast, come join us at NAR. East Coast, come join me at um, uh, at uh, Triple Play. Uh, Triple Play is in December. NAR is in November. Um, and between now and then, go out and enjoy some summer weather because it's beautiful out there. All right. Well, we will see everyone on our next episode. Chris, thanks again. Thank you to our audience for continuing to listen and support our show. And please just tell a friend, think of one other agent that could benefit from hearing this great conversation about software and also what to do with, with buyers' uh, demands um, right now and send them a link to our episode, uh, which you can find right on our website, keepingitrealpod.com, or just have them pull up a podcast app, search for Keeping It Real and hit the subscribe button. Chris, thank you so much again. I've, I think I've thanked you four or five times already at the end here, but I'm so appreciative that you come on and we will see everyone on the next episode. Thanks, TJ. See you soon. Uh-oh.